Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different. What the fuck? I didn't want to use this one. This is the old music. See, let me explain something. This had the bumper at the beginning with the Welcome to the Wild 7 podcast. This is the old theme song. I wanted to play this. Blake's music. You remember Blake? Of course. You know, Blake isn't here today. Yeah, Yeah, famous Blake. You know, he's not here. We're doing a bit of cleanup with the podcast. We're doing audio only. You know, we're just kind of taking it easy and stuff. Welcome, Manny. What are are people going to see? They're going to see a graphic that Jimmy here made. Jimmy works in our animation department. Welcome, Jimmy. Hi, everybody. Hi, how's it going? It's very good to have you guys. Manny has been here before, but we're, he came back because I, I, I felt like we could have a really, really great conversation this time out. Not that the last one wasn't. Yeah. You know, and so let us just begin. Manny, uh, a little bit about yourself. Like, just, just, just tell the listener a little about yourself so we can just jump right into this show that I watch that you produce. Sure, sure. Uh, so I am a producer... I am what I sometimes call a second career producer huh. because I had a previous career as a mathematician and I was a college professor and I taught math back in the day in New York, Yeah, um, which is a whole story in itself, how, why and how I went down that path and then why and how I left it. Right. Um, but I suffice it to say that I did ultimately leave it, right? Mm-hmm. And now I came out here to do what I do now, which is producing all sorts of shows. Um, not just stuff that pertains to that old like math and sciencey side of me, right. but some thankfully some of the stuff I produce does still incorporate that because I do still love that stuff and that's a big part of who I am. Yeah, but we also you know I also do all sorts of true crime and and rap documentaries and literally everything NFL Network shows. But like nice, the, the, I think at, at my I once told somebody that I was a closet nerd, and then she said no. You're just a nerd. I, I think <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> and April would too. But that's good. I'm a geek. You know, I'm, you know, like we, we all, uh, uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, Manny just came from where? Where did you come from? Arkansas? I was in Arkansas. Okay. So before we jump into yeah. proof of concept, this show on Curiosity Stream, this streaming service that has a lot of great documentaries, let's just say it. It's like. I don't want to make comparisons. I don't want to make unfair comparisons to, to networks. It, it's, it's Discovery Channel before Discovery Channel became about Bigfoot and, like, ghost hunting. You just said oh, it. Wow. Okay. I, I didn't want to say anything that would make you uncomfortable, hey. but you just said it. Okay? It, it's a great streaming service. Yeah. Though, Discovery Channel, please also buy my show. <laughs> right, right. Let's not burn any bridges here. You know, um, but Manny... Uh, what were you doing in Arkansas? What was going down? Uh, I was actually there for a different show, different show concept that we are uh, putting together to pitch and sell. So, like, fingers crossed, maybe by the time this is out, we'll, we'll have sold it. Right. Um, but that is a, a reality series about this heart hospital 
in Arkansas, which is actually a super fascinating story there in its own right. It's a hospital that's physician-owned, which is rare mm-hmm. amongst hospitals. Usually hospitals are owned by some, like, big financial conglomerate or, like, a hedge fund or something. Right. right. But this hospital is actually owned by the doctors or, like, a, a team of doctors who used to work there and then and then pooled together to just buy the hospital. Uh-huh. So the way it runs is a little different. And basically, the guy who owns it is is this guy who once upon a time was himself like one of the most famous heart surgeons in America, hmm. and he made it. And he's from Arkansas, so it's sort of like a hometown pride type thing. Right. That he decided to now he owns like fifty hospitals around the world and like super prestigious guy. But he has endeavored to make Arkansas Heart Hospital the best cardiology hospital in the world, hmm. like right in his hometown. Hmm. And so he has this team of like superstars from all over the world, like top, top people that he's brought there, the best surgeons, best whatever, best everything. And um, we weren't there to make a reality show about Damn. them. Well, hopefully. Right? We went there to shoot something that we're going to use to pitch a reality show. Right. What, yeah. Did You mentioned outside. Did you see open heart we did. surgery? Yeah, we didn't wow. just see it. We filmed it. We Holy were smokes. straight up in there, like shooting it, like full on. Like we brought in... A, a nice team to really like film open heart surgery, basically like chef's table, like <laughs> slow mo, best possible cameras, crazy lighting, like literally like camera in the cavity. Looks, Jeez. it looks insane. Yeah. Are you squeamish about those things or no? It doesn't bother you. Uh, no, I'd say in general I'm not squeamish. Really? Yeah. See, I can watch anything in a horror film, anything, anything. Yeah. But if it's real. I, I, I almost pass out. Like. I'll say this. Well, the, the stuff that, that like surprises you about heart surgery, because mm-hmm. everybody thinks about what they're going to see, right? Like, and the blood and this and that. To me, that's the least of it. The worst part is what you hear and what you smell. Oh, I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, because we're talking about bad. a straight-up saw, like a mechanical like, saw that they use to cut the person's rib cage open and then clamps that they use to like... like separate the ribs, create this whole crazy smells coming out. Like, that's the stuff that when you're there, you're just like, whoa, okay, I wasn't expecting all this. All right, question about the just the clamps and stuff like yeah. that. Is Are they breaking the ribs as they yeah. open them? Well, they're not breaking the rib itself. They're like, they cut down the middle mm-hmm. and they open it. So they are breaking something. They're breaking that thing in the middle. I'm not right, right. The bio guy to tell you what right, it's right, called. right, right. I think from Pulp Fiction, I learned it's the breastplate. It's right here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But something, right. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. And then at the end, as you might imagine, they have to like, they close it back up. Right. They like loop these like metal wires through. Oh my God. Bolts. Like it's a whole. Damn. There's more than just the heart. Yeah. yeah. I got, I got a, a cousin that's a doctor and she said the weirdest thing she learned was, or wh- one of many, was that when they like take out your intestines for any surgery, when they put it back in, it's not like they neatly place it inside. They just kind of dump it back in, what? like just willy-nilly, like here, and then your body just kind of deals with like, it. It's in your leg Fucking now. Fucking gnarly. Okay, so how did logistically, how did it go down filming all of this stuff with the staff and all that? How much preparation? So, uh, a good amount. I mean, the thing is, we were there on the request of or in partnership with the the CEO of the hospital. Okay. The guy who owns it runs it, the guy who was the big, big famous doctor back in the day, right? And because he is the boss and literally like he's everybody, everybody in that building, he's everyone's boss uh-huh. right? and the owner. Right. What he says goes. And so we were there. Everybody understood that like this is a thing that he wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of gave us free reign like and just told everybody like, yeah, like let them do whatever they want. If they ask for you for something, like the answer is yes. Uh-huh. So we just like really had full, which is which is interesting. Um, obviously, like w- when it came to patients, we had to get patients' approval. Would you? They would sign releases. They I would assume? sign, or we would ask them like for. So that person who we filmed their open heart surgery, they like understood that we had a conversation with them. They signed. Mm-hmm. They were cool with it. I mean, people like being on TV, you know. Yeah. No. Right. Um, and you mentioned something interesting that that part of the world is the. What is it? The heart disease? Yeah, the capital the, of the, the world. The coronary belt. Oh, the, the Bible belt. Yeah. It's because of all that fried food it's, and yeah, stuff like the that. The food is delicious. The yeah. gravy. Is, hey man, you know? I love uh, people from the Midwest, the South. It's you know I'm American. Yeah. I, I was born here, Persian American, so they only go so far. Yeah. But um, and we we did while I was there. I definitely ate. I ate gator. And I how's that? It's actually delicious. I, I had it before. 
Oh yeah. Years ago, in Florida, it's like yeah. it, that's their like. Wait, Arkansas. So it's not like Louisiana cuisine or something. It's not like quite, but not so different. How is it prepared? Fried. Yeah, oh. the gator was like basically like breaded and fried, like, right, like kind right. of like chicken nuggets. Oh, I tried oh. jerky gator. And it was pretty good. It was like soaked in soy sauce. Have you ever tried gator, Jimmy? No, I haven't. The only no. thing I've heard about gator is that it's kind of a, well, depending on the way you prepare it, isn't it like rubbery? Like a no matter bit. what? A little bit rubbery. Right, right. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. bastards, those gators. Are they? No, I mean, they're just mean animals. They're, they're animals that if you were to apply a persona to, yeah. they're, they're not nice, right? You know? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't want to generalize. Well, listen. The, the al- no, listen. Right. You know, the alligator community. <laughs> we'll get pissed off at you, yeah. so you're doing the right thing. Um, what's it called? So, uh, a little bit more about this. This is fascinating. Yeah. So, so they opened up the hospital to you. The man that runs the hospital, that owns a physician, yeah. was he a Patch Adams-like character, bringing light and laughter to people through sickness? So, he, or opposite? I wouldn't describe him as Patch Adams. Right. He told me that he he wanted his initial dream when he was young. So first off, he actually has a pretty cool story, just in terms mm. of like rags to riches in like an extreme sense. Right. Yeah, like grew up in a tiny little town in rural southern Arkansas. Had like he was like the clothes I would wear tomorrow was never a mystery because it was just he he owned two sets of clothes. Right. Whatever he wasn't wearing today, he wore tomorrow. Right. Mm. And he grew up in a town with a thousand people in it. Right. You can imagine a thousand person town, rural Arkansas, like right. super poor. And he just succeeded real hard in in school then went to the air force academy was in the air force wanted to be like maverick that's what he told me but, <laughs> right, then, right. but like ultimately realized that wasn't the path for him then he went from that to med school no actually no sorry first he went to a phd program mm-hmm. then med school so he's he's an md phd um and then He's just one of these guys who's like super ambitious and everything he does, he tries to do to the absolute like maximum. Right. And so once he became a heart surgeon, his goal was like, I want to be like the heart surgeon. I want to be doing the absolute hardest surgeries. I want to be doing the surgeries that nobody, that they say you can't do uh-huh. and so on. And, and so he just really worked at it and became one of the most famous heart surgeons in the world. And then, uh, you know, I guess had maxed out on that. So he's like, where do I go from here? Right. Just right. Own the hospital. So this hospital, yeah. they don't do any other surgeries but heart surgery. They don't do any surgeries for it's fun a heart, or anything. It's like? a heart surgery. Surgery. That's place. it. Yeah. So there's no. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. It's a cardiology hospital. Did you was was he okay? Like you said that he granted full access to to, to him and his facilities and yeah. stuff. Did you witness any? I don't know, like dramas, temper flare ups in between the staff. You know, and- we were hoping to right because right. because when you're you're trying to film stuff to pitch a show so you want to capture drama mm-hmm. you want to find like just you know ha- having experience pitching shows i know that like networks are going to want that and they're going to want characters and right. the whole deal yeah, no doubt yeah and and ultimately i would say we didn't get quite but also because it's a hospital it's it's not the kind of reality tv situation where as a producer you like want to stir shit up you know what <laughs> right. I mean? Like it's like it's not it's not a dating show or, or whatever. Right, right, right. It's, it's like all right, there's people's lives on the line. It's like serious, so I'm not like oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, though we did a little bit of that. We like I said, we we did we did like a night out with the nurses at a bar. We did like a night at like the steakhouse with yeah. the doctors, and and in those situations, we did try to encourage the nurses to like talk shit about the doctors or like right. What do you, you know? Who, who's who just got fired? Why did they get fired? Like we, we but well, like we didn't get anything too crazy. Side question of that. Yeah. So you're trying to get that out of them. Yeah. Were they giving it to you or no? Or were they being coy or what? I think they're they were being somewhat coy. Uh-huh. Right. We got some of it. Right. But also there was an understanding that their boss was the one like running this. So they were all just thinking like our boss is gonna see this, whatever we say on tape. So like right, we don't right. want to get fired. So- right. There was that idea though like they're not gonna get fired over this right thing. right like usually in a reality show when you see them going on a night out they get super hammered and shit happens yes, yes. it did, was we not did provide them with alcohol of course so tell me about that as yeah. a reality show guy yeah that's a that's an ingredient right like yeah yeah you sure. set up a social situation booze yep let god deal with the rest right like yeah. you know and like just cameras roll and you try to get out of the way and just film for way longer than you need because it, it takes people, like, for instance, that dinner scene 
we were ordering them drinks before they even got there. So as soon as they sat, sat down, they could start drinking. Right. And then you keep the cameras rolling because it, it takes people, like when they sit down, you can just see, okay, they're very aware of the cameras. They're like nervous. They're awkward. Yeah, they act different. Yeah. But you just keep it rolling and keep drinking, keep eating, keep talking. And about like 35 minutes in, you, you see that shift uh-huh. where they like forget they kind of forget about the cameras. And they just flow. And now they're just friends hanging out. Right, right. But you didn't witness any, like, people fighting, people... No, no? Not, not like that. We heard about it. We, like, we did ask questions and we heard, like, references to things. But for the most part, you know, everybody was kind of sticking to the party line. Oh, I see, about. I see. And then what about the patients? Like, what was it like filming them? Patients were interesting. Patients were, were very Arkansas. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and so uh, that that was fun. To, yeah, you got to tell me about a few culture shocks that you experienced down there. I mean, you're you're a New York guy. That's true. And you're in LA. Yeah, but I I feel like personally, was there any? I don't, I don't really like get culture shock. No, I think may, maybe that's a function of one. As a New Yorker, I have known people from everywhere in the world. Right. First off. Right. Secondly, I'm also a kid of immigrants right mm-hmm. and so growing up i used to spend summers in venezuela and like i was familiar with the fact that people live in very different ways right right right. right. like here's how i live here's how my my like rich upper west side manhattan school friends live mm-hmm, mm-hmm. here's how my cousins in the andes mountains in right venezuela right right live. right and that from a pretty young age, I sort of saw it all, got it all. And mm-hmm. I think that, that that sort of set me up with a way of seeing the world where, like, the fact that people are different and live different, like, is never, like, a whoa type moment. Yeah, yeah. So for me, like, yeah. yeah. I'm with you. I think the healthy attitude is just like, oh, that's interesting. Like, yeah. I went to Michigan, like, years ago, and I went to, a, like, a estate sale, and there was a guy doing a garage sale thing, mm-hmm. and he was selling, like, shotguns. Just, oh, just man. on his table, and I was like, "Well, this is that part of the world, you know." And I don't, I don't, I don't see anything. I don't know. It's just their way of life, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just I'm not a big. Uh, let's not get on a big gun thing, but like, yeah. yeah. Um, was there anything that you experienced there where you were like, "Okay, that's that's kind of interesting." That's I don't see that in L.A. or New York. Yeah. Okay. Well, not sure if I should talk about this or not. Go for it, um, man. Listen, I protect you. Everyone here is protected. That's true. By the idea <laughs> um, of Wild Seven. I say what you're comfortable with. I will say that without saying any names or context, I did while I was there go to a place where I saw a person's collection of hunting trophies. Right? Oh wow. And this included things like a a baboon, a zebra, oh a God. lion, right? right? Like a hippopotamus. Damn. Like like a, a really just elaborate and like if you stop and think about it, kind of shocking. Right. Yeah, that is that would yeah. shock me, I would um, say. But also just I guess impressive in its own way, right? Like I, I don't I'm not personally into that kind of thing and like probably wouldn't do it. But I mean look, it's it's a it's a way to live, right? To each his own, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. Absolutely. So listen, um this show that I watched, Proof of Concept, yeah, great show. Thank you. It's very mind-expanding. It's cool. It's entertaining. It, 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 it gives you knowledge and stuff. You got to tell me, how do you put something like that together where it is there a script? The, the, the woman who's marvelous, who hosted it, yes. how does it work out with her? Like, How does it go down? So... There are parts that are scripted and parts that are not. Right. Right. So, so if people haven't if you haven't watched the show. The idea of it is it it explores different big abstract concepts in each episode. Right. Like there's an episode on consciousness. There's an episode on infinity. There's an episode on randomness, and there's an episode on truth and logical paradox. So these are kind of like you know heady topics. Right. But the idea is to explore those through a mix of not just like explainers. Uh, but also games and like riddles and mm-hmm. puzzles and these sort of interactive little demos and things that the show is full of. And so there are parts where there's just an explanation happening, 
right? And there's like a maybe like an actual proof that you're seeing and animated, and and all those parts are obviously scripted, right? Like pretty carefully scripted, um, but because a lot of it is these games actually playing out and these demos actually playing out or some guests that we had in the show sort of being interviewed or interacting with the host, all those parts are more or less unscripted, right? Like, like the, the host, she knows what we're going for, like what, what like topics we want to hit, what ideas right. we want to hit. But like the point is like play the game, react to the game, like, right, like right. In, interact with the, the person who is playing the game. And, and so... Yeah, so the host is Diana Cowern, a.k.a. Uh, Physics Girl on YouTube. She's uh-huh. a big uh, science YouTuber. And she's just awesome. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's... she crushes it. And honestly, like, the show required that. It would have been not nearly as good of a show if the host could only be good when they were reading the script. Right. And, like, mm-hmm. wasn't able to just extemporaneously just react to things and, and come up with their own ideas and jokes and, like, sort of play along with the guests. And she has a great ability to do that in addition to being like an MIT physicist and just right, like super right. smart. Wow. And just, yeah, she's, she's awesome. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy, if you watch this show, okay. and you're a smart guy. No, no, you, you're, you're, you're here. You're here at Wild 7. You're smart. You will get smarter to, to, to ridiculous degrees. I know things now, Manny, that I did not know about AI, about consciousness. Yeah. Crazy stuff. And I have to say, I, I have a question. Yeah. How did you choose her to host? How did you choose the host? Uh, so, so that show, the like backstory is that that's one we were developing for a long time, right? That's uh-huh. actually one that I was developing. It's the one that initially led me to leave academia and come into entertainment. Uh-huh. I, it was that show concept that I had built out, and then I started putting it together with some producers, and it ended up just being the case that like it got put on the back burner, and I did a whole bunch of different things before finally coming back around and doing the original show. That was the reason I had left academia. Right, right, that's right. That's just the way life goes and, you know, sure. career goes. Yeah, and you told me about this, that yeah. your, your friends were like, we're out in L.A., we're doing this. Yeah. Now's your chance. Exactly. And you sort of just made the right choice. Jumped at it. Exactly. Yeah. The fork um, of the road. Yeah. But, but anyway, so, so the point is that show had been in development for a long time. Mm-hmm. And there were different versions. Um, to be totally honest, there was a version way back in the day where I was the host. Oh. And, and we, it was me, and we paired me with somebody else where I was going to be sort of the science guy, and the other girl was going to be the, like, games person. Right. Right? And we really pitched that. We pitched that version. We put a tape together. We did a whole thing, pitched it around, pitched it to Netflix. Yeah. Like, went into Netflix, did a very elaborate pitch where I had to do all this, like, Mathemagician stuff in person. Right, right, right. Um, pitch went great. And then later, obviously, you know, they said, they said no at the time. Right, right. And then uh, I heard through the grapevine that, like, part of the reason they'd said no was because they didn't think I had the chops to be a host. Which, Fuck which, them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? If I could just say something real yeah, quick, I think just being able to go in one of those uh, pitching rooms and just explain and convey your idea just fully to the max, that in and of itself is incredibly impressive. Not a lot of people can do that. Yeah. Sh- sure. But at the same time, they're probably right in that, like, who did I think I was trying to just be the host? <laughs> and I literally had never been on camera a day in my life. For sure. Right? Right. And... Maybe it, it, just, it goes to show that that's a certain type of confidence that I did have, right, and probably do still have. But I, but I like, had to little reality check mm-hmm. at the time from that particular executive, um, which, you know, I haven't forgotten about. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a chip, they, chip on the shoulder. But you said, you said you heard this from the grapevine. Like, they didn't straight up tell you. No, Nobody will tell you no, anything. No, they didn't here. tell me, but they told somebody else who then told me. Right. Um, and anyway... That's that. So the point is, that was that incarnation. That incarnation didn't sell. Mm-hmm. When um, was this? This was, whew, what are we talking about? Just, 2018? Right. Just to illustrate for people how long the process can oh, take. yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of when I, I, actually, I was going through my old Google Docs yesterday. Uh-huh. Just like looking, and it's, it's always interesting to go back into Google Docs and just see. Right. And I was kind of like shocked at just how much random stuff I had written and like forgot about. I was like looking at like Google Docs from 2016 and I was yeah. like, wow, I sure was writing a lot then for some reason. Right. Like, and then wasn't I like in grad school and teaching math? Like, why was I writing all this nonsense? <laughs> right. But anyway, um, and and there are documents about proof of concept back then 
uh-huh. that I had. So like that, that's six years before you know we did it or whatever. Right, so right. It just goes to show it takes a while. Um, but then yeah, so that that version of it didn't sell. Got put on the back burner. We were focusing on other projects, and then after a couple years, I wanted to circle back to it and see like, can we do something? Can we bring it back to life? And so I was just looking. To be honest, I think I I just like Googled best science communicators on YouTube, mm. and a list came up with the top ten. Uh-huh. Right? And so I just started checking out all their content, and you see certain people, and it's funny because I like I like personally know a lot of them now, right? right? Um, and so like now I remember seeing their stuff then, uh, but you see different people, and then I I was watching Physics Girl, and I was like, she's fantastic, like this girl would would be great. But she also was one of the biggest, like millions of YouTube subscribers. Huge like following. Massive, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, eh, she's probably like busy, you know? Which is, that's a whole other conversation to be had, honestly, about just like media and how traditional, quote, traditional forms of media that are like TV, yeah, I consider streamers TV, right? Yeah. Um, how those are interacting with new media, things like YouTubers, mm-hmm. because the truth is once you are somebody of that scale, like a YouTuber with that many followers, whose views get that, whose videos get that many views, financially doing a traditional TV show sort of doesn't really make sense. Right. Like she actually makes more money just doing a branded video on her YouTube than right. she does wow. from, a, from an episode of our show. Yeah. Because the just the the way the economics work these days. That being said, there is sort of a sort of like legacy respect for traditional media. Mm-hmm. I think like like even in a weird way, I look at the YouTubers and I'm like, you guys are like cooler than TV because you don't work for anybody, you don't work for a network. Like you're your own thing, and it's awesome, and you're direct to your fans. But they all kind of would still like to be. To like have a Netflix show or whatever, like or be in a movie, yeah, because they grew up like seeing TV was TV, and that was like more official. Yeah, there's like a weird imaginary line of legitimacy or yes. something between this type of famous internet famous and I don't know yeah. Tom Cruise famous, it's which that, is more that, legitimate to, yeah. in people's eyes. And, and so that was the one thing I was kind of banking on. It's like, well, she's like actually already doing all this awesome stuff, at, but like maybe she'll want to do this just because it's different and because it's on a different platform mm-hmm. and whatever. So I just like cold emailed her and she responded and she's like, this seems cool, right? And, and I guess later she explained to me that the reason that, as you might imagine, she got a lot of pictures like that from people. Yeah. What she liked about it was all the fact that it had this other angle, this like very interactive playing games and doing demos and like bringing in volunteers, uh-huh. that aspect of it she hadn't seen before. Right. Um, and so she signed on. We pitched it around. We ended up going with Curiosity Stream just because they are sort of in that space of science. They, I think, are like one of the best partners you can have like in terms of giving a lot of creative freedom to producers. Yeah. Uh, but also letting you, like that particular show, the way we made it, I don't know that we would have been able to make it that way anywhere else. I see. Just in terms of like, there's literally, I mean, you know it, there are parts of episodes where for three minutes, it's just like a mathematical proof being animated on screen. Right. Wow. Like, we probably wouldn't have been able to get away with that on a lot of other networks. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to do it that way, and Curiosity was like, cool, go for it. So, question about them. So, basically what you're insinuating, they gave you carte blanche? Did they give copious notes or or anything? No, honestly, they, I mean, which you know, I guess if, uh, to pat ourselves on the back of it, I guess means that, like, they liked the show, right? Right, because they didn't have to give us copious notes. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done other shows for them as well, and it was sort of similar. There were notes, but not anything like massive, not um, like annoying shit. Where it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I think they sort of bought into the idea. And the truth is, I mean, the, the very nature of that platform—it's a streaming service that is entirely science, history, technology, nature, like uh-huh. that kind of stuff, documentaries. And so, if somebody subscribes to that service, which by the way is cheap. It's like three it's two bucks. bucks. Two it's bucks nothing. Yeah. 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 It's okay. the, like, less than a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, so it's great value. Go out there and get curiosity stream, watch proof of concept and, yeah. su- and suppress science. My other show. Um, yeah. but Gotta check that one out too. Yeah. Um, but the, even though it's cheap, the fact is if somebody is a subscriber to that 
That means they're paying explicitly for science shows, documentaries. There, I think it's safe to say that the Curiosity Stream audience is sort of a a savvier audience right. in terms of those topics. Right, and so right. That's why I think it was more okay to like lean into, you know, to make it like quote like a, a smarter show. Yeah, you know, it's not a. Uh, it's not a, if you're dumb. Which, what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. But, like, if you're somebody that... It, it doesn't totally hold your hand. It kind of leads you through it. Where you're not totally lost, Jimmy, when you're watching it. For sure. You're kind of... You're into it. And it's like you're getting this really immersive lesson. But it's entertaining. It's cool. And it's fun. And the scenarios that you guys set up is really fun. Which brings me to this. A few things I wanted to talk about in this episode that I saw. They did a thing, Jimmy. I'll explain it to Jimmy, and thus the audience. Got it. They did a thing with uh, Reggie Watts. Do you know Reggie Watts? I do not, actually. He's a musician-comedian, yeah. correct? Yeah. yeah. And he, he used to be the, uh, the. I mean, I guess he is right now the band leader on one of those late shows. Is Fallon or something? No, not Fallon, because no? they have the roots. Oh, okay. Um, Corden, I think. Corden, yeah, ew. Yeah, yeah. Corden uh, sucks. That, that actually, I knew what, that was going to be your response. <laughs> what, what I love Reggie from originally is uh, is comedy Bang Bang. I like that too. Yeah. yeah. But but anyway, Reggie's awesome. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Okay. So they get Reggie Watts, and they have another woman. Who was this woman? In that scene it, with for Reggie? for the for the food one. Yeah. Okay. So the other woman is uh, the doctor who built the robot. The John the Robot, the comedy robot, right, right, and performs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she is the doctor who built him. She's, she's the, like she's a robotologist, kind of roboticist. Roboticist. That's what right, they call yeah. it. I didn't know that. I'm learn everything. Yeah. Um, so they they had AI create a dish, right? Yes. And so and then they taste it. They didn't look too good. Wasn't good. So how did that go down? Just that whole experiment. That, how do you set that up? How does it go down? So, so actually, it's pretty simple. Um, even the the part that follows where they, they listen to AI generated music, right? right? Um, those things are actually very easy. Like you could do them yourself at home, if right? You wanted like you just all that is is sort of open source available software, like AI software. Mm-hmm. That the way the recipe thing works is, uh, to be honest, it's a we used a pretty like basic AI, right? It's it's right. not an AI that has some kind of like intelligence in terms of actually understanding like food science uh-huh, uh-huh. or like the way of flavors combine or anything like that. Right. It was actually um, language based AI, mm-hmm. right? So like a language generating AI, which in response to prompts gives you text. Right, so this AI could actually be used for a lot more than just like recipes. Right, like you, right. Could, you could say like, you know, I don't know, uh, two two birds at lunch, a poem by Nas Red, uh-huh. and and like it would generate the poem. Right, you know? it's like I heard about an AI that did an obituary just from reading obituaries or yes, yeah, exactly. And, and so it was that kind of thing. And so we, I was just like typing in different things to like get a recipe that seemed reasonable. Right? Yeah, um, that I like thought would be okay to have like a production assistant prepare and serve. Right. And so the, the, the prompt that I typed in for that particular one was three ingredient dip. Uh-huh. And the AI just output this recipe when I said three ingredient dip. The, the, fun, the first funny thing about it being that it has more than three ingredients. Right, 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 right. Did you try it? No. Yeah, it looked weird. <laughs> it was very strange. Yeah, it they was, were like, "It wasn't good." They, it, you saw their reaction. They, they, yeah, yeah, they were like, "This is gross, stupid <laughs> robot." Yeah. yeah, and then the other one that they did that I thought was really interesting was they had AI do comedy, Jimmy. Wow. Yeah, like an AI did humor. Yeah, and that was her robot, right? Yes, that was the so, roboticist. Yes, yeah. So, so that that robot's called John the Robot. Google him. He's uh-huh. he's had like shows. He's like performed. A he has a following online. Clubs. Yeah, he does. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and he so so and and we're honest about this in the show. We don't like mislead. Um, that particular robot, the way its AI works, it is not a joke generating robot or a joke writing robot. It's an autonomous stand up comedian, right? Uh huh. Which you know most stand up comedians. I mean, obviously aside from like crowd work and a little bit of improv, right? Um, the jokes they're doing on stage are pre written. Uh-huh. Right? So so are his. His jokes are pre written. 
written uh, by Naomi Fitter, I believe. The roboticist? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Um, and because she, she actually, so the funny thing is if you look her up, she's, she's a professor at Oregon um, and a roboticist, but she also is like a aspiring stand-up comedian. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. She's funny, oh, yeah. Interesting, um, yeah. And so... She seemed cool. She is cool. Yeah. She's cool, yeah. And so... And I'm like nervous that I got her name wrong. I'll, I'm going to look it up after. We will look it up. If you got it wrong, we'll do a correction in yes, the show notes. Yes. And no disrespect, we love you. Yes, yeah, she's great. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the... Yeah, so the jokes are pre-written by her. Uh-huh. What that robot does in terms of its AI is it is autonomous for performance, right? So it goes up there, it has its, its database of jokes in no particular order, and it is listening. It has microphones and it hears the crowd. Uh-huh. And so it, it like randomly picks one of its openers, tells the joke, listens to the crowd, hears, did it get a big laugh? Did it get a small laugh? Right. Based on that, it chooses its next joke or it even makes like there's moments in the episode where you might recall where it sort of like it tells a joke and the joke bombs and it comments on that right 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 right. it's like oh not like not many not many robots in the crowd tonight like that that joke kills at best buy it says right Right. so and is it kind of like almost like a choose your own adventure kind of thing exactly exactly with 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 like ai built into how it makes those choices and also even its timing like it waits it waits for people to like finish laughing before it tells its next joke. Right, right. So, so it has autonomous artificial intelligence aspects, but not specifically the joke writing, which I didn't want to, like, mislead anyone about that in the show. Right, right. I feel that, that might be misleading. Yeah. So we do say it very clearly. And then the subsequent section is a section about the fact that we do have, aside from John the Robot, there are AI joke-generating algorithms uh-huh. that write jokes, right? And we give some examples right. of those as well. Right, I see. Okay, well, you know what's interesting, Manny? Yeah. This was a great talk. Thank you for coming and stuff. You know, this is a great chat. Yeah. Um, we have access to AI here, as, as most oh, people do. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Jimmy, we're going to experiment this on Jimmy. We had the AI do comedy. Oh, we we had, we, this is, it's different from what you described. The AI actually did some comedy it's a, it's a, it's a, I, I believe it's a woman AI comic, but it's, I think it's non-binary identifies. Um, let's see, let's, let's, let, so it wrote jokes. It wrote jokes. Oh, it performed awesome. them. We're going to test them on Jimmy. You tell me what you think of the jokes. Okay. You got it. And, uh, we're just, we're just going to, we're just going to go. We're just going to go. Okay. So here's the first clip. Let's, let's see if, what, you know, if we're living in Terminator times here. Okay. All right. We might be. Take my wife, please. My wife is bothering me. Please take her. <laughs> was that funny? It sounds like a cry for help. <laughs> right, right. Because you know how comics, they're like, take my wife. Please, so, you know. so that <laughs> is extra good because right. it's, that's a meta joke that requires knowledge of jokes, like of, right. of the fact that take my wife, please, is, is a joke. It's mm. like I heard on, a, on like the Norm MacDonald show. Right. His son does this. At one point, he had his son on as a guest. Um, Rest in peace, Norm yeah, McDonald. Right, I miss yeah, you. Right, yeah, hey, Norm, he's, he's great. Yeah. Um, but his son comes on and he's like, "I'm on a seafood diet. I see food, and if it's a fish, I eat it." <laughs> right, right, that's Which funny. Is like, that's funny because yeah. we all know the seafood diet joke. Right, 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 right. And right. The robot just did that. Right. Which is I great. mean, the AI at Wild Seven Studios. I mean, he's Jimmy has been here for a second now, and he's a you know soldier. He's you know he's with us. You see the tech that we have here. You know, we just never showed you the AI robot. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. but let me, let me how, how about another one? Here, let's go, let's go, let's try this one here. The difference between people of higher economic status and people of lower economic status is the poor people all love Amazon. Oh no, here comes Jeff Bezos. What? That was stupid. That was, you think that was good? No, I thought, I mean, it was pretty stupid. It was pretty dumb. Chuckle, Ob- you know? Observational. Observational, like trying to be topical, you know, like, okay, let's try, we have a few more, three more. Oh, why, oh no. I don't know. You know? I don't understand AI. Yeah, oh I'm a, no. Oh, right, like, oh no. I don't get it. Maybe she wasn't supposed to tell us. Right, right. Or maybe Jeff Bezos really did show up and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm, let's not talk about Jeff Bezos. He makes me nervous. Okay, all right. Okay, here, here's another one here. Kim Kardashian was seen shopping in Paris last week and so was Justin Bieber. 
They are forming a band with robots called Algo Rhythm. Ha 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 ha. Life. Ha ha ha. Fuck life. But let's go one more, one more. My wife always says things out of school. Honey, I say, please do not give me problems. I am a simple man. <laughs> what the fuck? This guy's like my dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Two more, two more, and then we're good. I just got to, we got to cherish this AI. This new day, you know, AI will replace our jobs. It won't replace Jimmy, but it'll replace me. It you know? might, actually. Right. No, 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 no. By the way, I just want to say something. This new art craze online, AI. Yeah. It's insane. They fucking rip off, though. They do. I learned about that. So, see, I actually fell into the... Jimmy does animation for us, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, like, really big about, like, you know, protecting artists' rights, stuff like that, you know, making sure that you credit artists, like, when they publicate their things. Preach. But, um... Even I got caught into this whole lens of thing. Like, the the whole concept of it was just, like, super interesting. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, they download the app. They give you the seven-day free trial. They, like, hook you in immediately. And then there's an option to generate what's called avatars. And that's where they, like... Apparently, they rip off of like other artists because the point of this AI is it's learning from like previously made art. Yep. So it's already taking from artists without their consent. And then that's how they generate like, you know, these like mass amounts of just like images that, that really look like yourself. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. But it's like hard to believe that we're like at that point already. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like people, artists are like complaining because they're like, dude, this is using my stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. No. I, I have a couple of. Thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, but if you have more jokes, <clears throat> no, 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 no. Wait, yo, let's go. Let's go through the last two, and then yeah. tell me your thoughts. Hold on. What is it with these people on one end of the political spectrum? We should all go <laughs> each other. Who cares? Life is <laughs> so nihilistic. Okay, and the last one, and then hold on. What is it with these people on one end of the oh, political? That's spe- the same shit. What is your thoughts on the AI art? Well, all right. Two two things. First off, just question. On that topic, I mean, how different is that from an, one artist just taking inspiration from another? Is it different if a robot's doing it? I mean, objectively speaking, I personally think to answer your question, no, it's not. I don't think so. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, as human beings, we draw inspiration from, like, the things we see and the things we like. You know, you watch a movie, you like it, you might try to replicate something if you're a director or producer, too. If you're an artist, I might look at, like, Tim Burton or something like that and then, you know, draw inspiration from him and then, like, try to put it into my work. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, to say it rips people off, I mean, it's 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 literally taking inspiration. Yeah. In its own robo way. It, you know? It's it's a very new conversation, I must say. Yeah, you know, is, I I never would have thought. I mean, I would have thought, but who would have thought? You yeah. know. But but the I guess the, the the other thought that was just a specific response to. I love thoughts. That, but is th- there is something scary about it, and I, I've it's something I've thought about a lot lately. It's actually another project that I like want to put together. I haven't started putting it together. Mm. I have an idea for a documentary project, um, <clears throat> but it is a frightening and already true thing that maybe you've heard this like factoid, right? That like there's more text generated every day now than everything that humanity ever wrote down before like the year 1850. It's bonkers. All of human history, which is like hundreds of thousands of years, we generate more text every single day today. Yeah. With just like, imagine every single thing that's being written, every text message sent, every email. Every every bullshit on a message board. Yeah. (laughs) And and so that already is kind of like scary, how like just by like, just the ocean of shit, how like everything is just like covered the next day and the next day, right. whatever, right? Like there's something scary about that, but at least it's us doing it. The thing with the robots is that because they are so much faster than us, can like compute so much faster, AI, like we have AI generated music in that episode. Yeah. There already is an, uh, a computer today in like one hour of running can write more music than all of humanity has ever written. It's mind blowing. And so as soon as they are like as good or better than us, not only will it be better, that it won't just be quality, but also just quantity that will just like leave the amount of stuff that humans will create it have will have created will represent some tiny percent of a percent of a percent. And then they will kill us. It, or they won't kill us. And this is this is the thing that I, I've been thinking about is that I feel like the and this is just me being super sci-fi nerd, but huh. like I think the rise of the machines is is coming. 
but it's not the big dramatic like Terminator one, right? <laughs> right. Which like, you know, that's like the classic idea, but like that has never really made sense, right? Because the Terminator idea is basically war- machines doing war the way humans do war, mm-hmm. quite literally, right? Like mm. you see in the future. Yeah, like they're artillery marching, and they, shit. They have yeah. guns in their hands. Yeah. And that's humans do war the way we do war because we're hu- humans fighting humans and we care about the same stuff, right? We like, we fight over whatever, food, land, like guys fight over a girl. Yeah. And, yeah. We, and we fight because we're similar because we mm-hmm. want the same things. Yeah. Whereas a machine doesn't want the same things as a person has no reason to come into that sort of conflict. But what is actually very likely is that what they're going to, the way in which they're going to rise and sort of take us out is not literally taking us out, but by just making us irrelevant. Making us dumb, maybe? Or not even dumb, but literally just what about what happens when like all your favorite artists are just AI? When like your favorite author's AI? When your favorite person to talk to is an AI because it's actually more engaging than like your wife. Right. Right. Like at that point, like they're going to like rob us in a weird way of our own like self respect. Yeah, that's true, man. And the thing is like, I feel like in an age of AI generated art, I think that's where art that's fucked up comes in. You know what I mean? Where it's not perfect and it's not so clean and it's not one of the things that has always bummed me out. Let's talk about cinema just a little bit. Mm -hmm. One of the things that's bummed me out about cinema lately or just the evolution of it is, you know, I come from the 90s where, you know, the independent film movement was a big thing. You wanted to shoot your thing on grainy black and white. That was like the creme de la creme. Like that was OG if you did that. Yeah. Now it's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not down on cinema. I think a lot of great, I just saw Bones and All last night. It was a great film. I've seen, good? Yeah, very good, cool. you know, like, um, but I, I I would hate to see that character, that grunginess, that 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 fingerprinty, handmade quality that independent film used to bring to us and stuff. I would hate to see that go, and I would hate to see everything just be slick. I like things that are slick. I like Marvel films. I like the D's. I like them all, you know. But I just want to see more fingerprints in my shit, you know. And I want to see people with their dirty hands making shit. And I kind of miss that. And I miss that of the cinema scene. And it's there. If you pay attention, I'm not down on it, but I kind of miss it. You know what I mean? No, I, I absolutely know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Though, though it is interesting to wonder about, there's no reason to believe that AI in the future will be able to make films that feel like they have dirty fingerprints on them. Right, right. Like, it'll just be like, you just adjust the parameters. <laughs> right, like, give right. Me like 90s indie style. Yeah. Like, Kick the decibs down or whatever, yeah. and blah, 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 blah. yeah, and, and you just adjust the parameters, and it'll like pop out that that type of story, that type of film, maybe, right? Right. Like mm-hmm. this, this, none of these things are guaranteed, right? And it's mm-hmm. always, there's always a danger to just assume that, like, because a trend has been happening in a certain direction, that it's going to continue, right? For sure. may, maybe, I don't know. But then yeah. here's the thing, and I'm not even saying this to make a joke or be funny or be vulgar or anything. What about porn? So is porn going to be AI? Like, is the market for actually watching people have sex, which is the the market, like, you know what I mean? Like, There's already deep fakes. Right, which is weird. Which is AI. (laughs) Right. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, Jimmy's an animator, so he could draw porn if he wanted. I had him make me a girlfriend. No, I'm (laughs) just kidding. Yeah, yeah. No, but for real, like, I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting where we're going. I think it's important, I just want to say this, to not get down on shit right you know to just kind of kind of just be like this is interesting this is we're going in an interesting way i i'm my patience with people that are doom and gloom about the state of humanity is pretty nil because it's like dude it's like billy joel said like we didn't start the fire it's been burning since you know forever you know it's just there's always a fire going and there's always progress and i think if we pay attention to both Whatever. I don't know. Don't pay attention. Watch TV. Yeah. Watch, watch, watch a uh, proof, proof of concept. concept. Watch proof of concept yeah. on Curiosity Stream. <laughs> Thank you so much, Manny, for, for joining me, coming back. You know, this was fun. Pleasure. This was super fun. Start giving our plugs here. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. Well, follow me on Twitter at Mr. Red. Follow me on Instagram at Mr. Red. Follow us on Instagram as well, Wild 7 Studios. Follow April and the gang and stuff like that. Amigas, watch Amigas. Uh, what else? There's so many plugs. Manny. Is there any plug? Are you a social media guy? I'm actually not. I'm not on any social media. Really? Just don't do it. You're, there's not like a mathematics social media thing? Or? There, there is something. 
called uh, Stack Overflow, Math Overflow, but I haven't been on there. In a while. Oh yeah? yeah. Are there sexy selfies on that? No. <laughs> people asking each other questions and people answering. That's hot. That's hot. That's cool. I'm into it. I'm into it. I might join Jimmy. Where can the good people find you? Oh man, what do I want to plug here? Um, Anything. You want to follow my art page? That's on Instagram at Chief Cowboy. Boy spelled B-O-I. And that'll be it. Thank you very much. Nice. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. This was fun. Thank you, Manny. Thank you, Manny. Did you watch uh, Black Panther? Of course I did. What did you think? Um, well. I go by Kukul Khan now. Right, um, right, right. You, you know what's funny? I, he was awesome. I love that him. dude reminded me of you. He has. You guys have the same kind of face. Made my my week. Really? Like a month. Okay. There we go. <laughs> there we go. That dude's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was he, cool. He's, what's his name? Tenok Tenok Huerta, I believe, is his real name. Uh, he's like actually like Mayan. You got the faith back with the Marvel. Like you, you think they redeemed themselves a um, little bit? Here's here's the thing about that. I think that. Black Panther has always kind of been its own thing a uh-huh. bit. So I wouldn't take that as an indication. I think the movie that's going to let us know whether or not like Marvel's back right. is Quantum Quantumania. Right, right. Because that's going to bring in Kang and the sort of next big bad and the next like all these movies are connected. And if that movie is good, then like we're probably back in business. Back in business. If it's not, you know, let's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll see. Jimmy, did you see it? Uh, the new Black, uh, Black Panther. Panther. Yeah, I still have. You still haven't? Okay, I'll, I'll save my thoughts. But I will say this: um, I also think Black Panther is a little different, just because of Chadwick Boseman too. That brings a lot to it. And um, I want to say, just just admitting this to the audience: the only celebrity I ever cried when they died was him, and not oh. because I knew him, just because I knew him as T'Challa, and and I had this investment with the Black Panther movies and stuff. Mm. And I remember the day that I found out and I realized, okay, that that's the guy he died. I listened to that horrible Maroon 5 song, here's to the ones that we lost, here's to oh. the one. It's awful, awful. I hate Maroon 5. Yeah. And I played you it over- You have been crying just because- yeah, 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 yeah. It was because of Adam Levine. He was making me cry and I hate it. I resent Adam Levine. That's it. Okay, we're done. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.